I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. This episode is brought to you by Ogawa Philippines, the leading retail brand of health and wellness equipment. After a long, tiring ride, you deserve the best comfort. Mga rider, invest in wellness. Check out their promos at Ogawa Philippines' Facebook page and shop online at ogawaworld.net.ph. Thank you, Ogawa, for supporting Tunayna Rider. Mga katunay. <laughs> All right, we, we've got a really serious topic this week. Man. I think we're going to go super technical and we're going to be talking about the future of motorcycles and it's, it's electric. <laughs> As usual, Jenna brings the chaos. Uh, if she wants to show up, she shows up. If she wants to wake up, she wakes up uh, and the door is open. She'll come right in if she can. Um, yeah, and I'm going to intro a good friend of mine. I've known him for years and years and years. I knew him when he was one of the executives, the KTM, right? He has been in the motorcycle industry for 14 years, and it's kind of unbelievable. So since, like, since high school, <laughs> um, he's the reason KTMs are manufactured here in the Philippines. Sole reason, hindi siya yung gumagawa. Siyempre, may mga partners. He's one of the movers, <laughs> one of the executives. Because he is um, Filipino by blood, but Canadian by citizenship. So he felt that if he was going to 
while working with KTM, he wanted it to be in the Philippines, right? Because oh. special place. In He's not. Then he got tired of the Philippines. And he moved to Singapore, <laughs> <laughs> where he's now the chief commercial officer of one of the most cutting-edge electric mobility companies in the world. Uh, it's called Scorpio. There, there's a lot of teasers, and I want to tread carefully as to what he can share about it. All right. For your so, eyes only, Ian. <laughs> many, many. Yeah, exactly. You don't. This is the only place I've seen this picture. Yeah. All right, so that's that's where he's at Damn. now. Our Julian Legaspi. <laughs> hey, Julian. Woo! Thanks for being on. Hey, the show. hey, pleasure, pleasure, pleasure to be here. Love listening to you guys. It's good to be on the show. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Siya yung isang Singaporean viewer, a listener natin. Oh, siya palayon, <laughs> palayon one. Palayon, palayon, palayon. As usual, Ayun. we've got. Uh, Buck birthday pago. Happy birthday, Buck. Ah, birthday ko ba? And daming bumate. Oo. Mamaya papadala ko yung ano, Gcash. Ano ko? Ano yung QR code? Mag-deposit na lang kayo. <laughs> mas, mas, madaming, mas madaming hits yung bate natin kay Buck kesa doon sa mga normal nating mga posts eh. That's true. That's true. Um, <laughs> I, I just want to say that self-portrait, yon. I did not take the picture of Buck naked. Uh, that was Buck's <laughs> self-portrait. <laughs> and then we've got Jolly, uh, Jolly Cakes Alarcon. And of course, me, Iba. Jenna bringing the chaos. And of course, because she is chaos, sometimes she shows up, sometimes she doesn't. That's uh, okay. So That's cool. She'll be here. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, it's like yesterday Pero, when she came in, it's just like boom, yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> and then she leaves. Exactly, exactly. All right, so Ayan. yeah, without further right. ado, Sige, Bob, Iba, bago tayo magsimula sa ating episode, ishare mo natin yung ating sikreto sa pagmonetize ng ating podcast, ang Podmetrics, kasi ang Podmetrics is a platform kung saan tayo nakakapag Nakokontrol natin kung paano natin na-monetize ang ating show. So, dun sa mga podcasters, existing podcasters, at saka sa mga gustong maggawa ng podcast, uh, mag-sign up kayo by clicking the link dun sa description of this episode and using the referral code TUNAY NA RIDER. All caps, no space. So, you can monetize your podcast too. Tapos, ano pa rin? Meron pa rin tayong Tunay na Rider Coffee dun sa mga naghahanap ng kape ng Tunay na Rider sa ating Shopee. Alright. I'm gonna start. And it's tough because I know the answers to the questions I'm asking. So I'm gonna pretend I don't know. Uh, like I said, I've known Julian for a long time. So uh, yeah, Julian, how did you get into the motorcycle business uh, at, at the age of 14? Yeah, in high school. Right out of high school. It's cool. I was a, I was a motorcycle prodigy for <laughs> in the working in the industry. Um, no, actually, how it started was I'd always been interested in bikes and automotive business, but I was doing my um, my MBA actually, and um, the last stop of my program uh, was in Austria. And in Austria, uh, we were paired with a couple of companies. Um, I, I just so happened that I was paired with KTM. Um, I did my thesis for KTM. Um, they loved my presentation. Basically, it was how do I how do we expand into Asia? This was like twelve twelve years ago now. This seems like a lifetime ago. 
um, they liked it and they hired me the next day. And then from there, they kind of moved me around the world. And, and ultimately, um, after living in, in Austria uh, for a couple of years, uh, Indonesia, um, they moved me to uh, Singapore. Uh, and wait, then... Wait, wait. So cool project mo yung KTM. Yes, <laughs> it was. It was KTM. Yeah. And then they're yeah, like, yeah. we're going to hire you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And, and I actually looked at my thesis recently, well, a couple of years ago, and I'm like, it was exactly, the, exactly how it played out. So the last 10 years was basically, how do, I, how do I turn this into reality? And actually, part of it was a CKD factory, a factory um, in Southeast Asia. So we had done a lot of the research um, so for the region. <laughs> <laughs> not, not quite, was not quite high school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was cool because, you know, we were looking for, at the time, we were looking for building a, a factory for the region. Uh, and it just so happened, I mean, I'd done the research for every country in the region, Indonesia, Thailand, and a lot of the factories like Ducati, uh, like Honda, like, uh, you know, all these brands uh, were in Thailand, uh, Piaggio in Vietnam. Um, but, you know, the Philippines was interesting. And at the time, the incentives were, were very good. And, uh, you know, Thai uh, labor is you know, a bit more expensive. And we've ultimately decided on, on the Philippines being the market. We're the only one uh, to actually, or KTM is the only one to actually have a factory in the Philippines that serves the region. It, it took a bit of a rocky start. But eventually, when we landed uh, with our amazing partners or before, I'm still you know, friends to this day. With Ayala, it was just a kind of a match made in heaven. Uh, the business is doing very well. KTM is it's one of the biggest markets. And it's, I think, the biggest market in the region still um, for KTM, one of the biggest uh, in Asia, or maybe number two in Asia. Uh, the team is fantastic, passionate people, uh, great management. Uh, and I'm just very, very happy that we were able to do that. It was a great time in my life um, uh, building that out and, and obviously, uh, proud. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm Filipino at the end of the day and it was, it was always a dream and, uh, it was, it was a real pleasure to make that happen. And, and, and it made all of the riders here proud to have one of the best bikes in the world manufactured yep. and assembled here in the Philippines. That, that, yep. that is, you know, we can hold our heads up with pride having KTMs being built here. Absolutely. And serving the world. It's, it serves China, which is like the most random, there's <laughs> no other way around. We serve, uh, uh, Philippines serves China, which is really cool. So it's, yeah, it, it, was, it, was a, it was a great project. So that's thanks to, to Julian. All right. So you spent most of your, well, all of your professional life, right? In KTM. Yeah. And they're, they're an awesome brand. We love KTM. Buck and I both have KTMs. The best uh, the best bike in the world uh, as of now, <laughs> right? <laughs> Why do you <laughs> from combustion to electric? Uh, that's a great question. Um, and Iba, you know, what? we've talked about this quite a few times. Oh, yeah. You know, for me, it started actually in 2015, around there, 2015. Um, and the, the, I, so every year I go to ICMA in Italy, which you guys know is the biggest motorcycle show in, in, the, in the world. And in 2015 was the first year that I saw New and Go Girl, the very first time. And I was walking through the halls of ICMA and I said, this is, this is cool. Electric is actually cool. It's going to happen. And it just, you know, I kind of just kind of sparked the interest in me. I mean... I had, I'd, I'd always been really interested in, in, in electric even before that, but to see it in real life in really, really cool products that were people were buying. And at the time, I know Iba, you were really into new at the time. 
Um, and it just kind of the interest just grew. And year on year, I was always excited. And, you know, unfortunately, the, the electric, let's say, revolution within KTM just took a little bit longer. There are other priorities. But, you know, I always kind of figured that would be what the future would be. It was it was it was clear then, as it is even more clear to me, that I wouldn't say all electric or combustion will be replaced, but certainly a lot of it will be replaced by electric. And I'm really really excited to see it and be a part of that future. All right, so you moved to this super secret brand, right? Uh, that's why you're in Singapore now because that's where it's headquartered, and yeah. it, we we can share. It's called Scorpio. Yep. Um, why did you make that decision? to move to Scorpio and what made it super awesome and attractive to, to, to you? Um, well, I mean, I had, it was, a, it was an idea that, that we, that we had uh, for years actually. Um, and uh, the, 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 the backing partner was a really, really just enthusiast, obviously well capitalized. Um, we felt that was a really cool opportunity to do something here. I think one of the reasons when you think about electric, you're able to play around with positioning a little bit differently than combustion because there's, you know, it's a wide open canvas. You can be expensive, you can be cheap, you can, you can really pick where you want to be, where your plot of land will be in the village, let's say it like that. And I just love the vision of what we were trying to do to be a little bit more premium, not cookie cutter, something different, and add a flavor of performance um, and the kind of passion that motorcycle, combustion motorcycle folks like you guys and myself have into electric, which is, which, which is really missing, I would say, in the electric space because you have... You know, it's a lot of commodity from China or maybe something from India, a little bit from Taiwan. All of it is just to get from point A to point B, which is a very, very important segment. But there is, I believe, a hole for, for people like us to be like, hey, I want something cooler than that. I want, I do want to go a little bit obnoxiously fast and I do want to, you know, have a badass suspension and I do want to have, you know, all the best technology. I want to have all that, but I don't want to, I also don't want to pay $50,000 for that. So we kind of, I felt that was a really cool position for us to be in. And being a Singaporean brand, um, there's a lot of really cool, a lot of great talent here for sure, especially in terms of technology talent. And I was just kind of excited about how all of this, like this canvas could look, what this painting could look like. And it's been a really fun ride uh, so far. All right. Um, <laughs> speaking of technology, we partnered with NordVPN through Podmetric <laughs> for you guys to also enjoy this. For you guys to also enjoy the same experience, they have an amazing promo right now that allows you to get 73% off the two-year plan plus four months free when you use our link in the description and the code TNR before checking out. They also offer a 30-day money-back guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Sign up for NordVPN now. Ito, um, yung, yung mga electric bike, electric bikes ngayon, um, they're becoming so popular for the past few uh, years na, di ba? Mm. Uh, do you think um, there's parang yung impact of global emission regulations, they're becoming stricter? Does it play a factor on why it's becoming so popular? Yeah, I, I, I'd say, you know, I'd like to say that electric is, is so cool that everyone wants to have an electric bike, but that's not necessarily the case. Um, I think the biggest driver for electric mobility all around the world is going to be through government push. Um, and you, you saw this even years ago, the emission standards uh, for cars and motorcycles continue to go up. So now I think now we're at motorcycles, something like a Euro 5, Euro 6. It's very different from years ago. You know, when I first started in KTM, we were at Euro 2, Euro 3, and now we're at 
Euro 6. And that ultimately creates you know, a lot of supply pressure from the big brands because they always have to constantly reinvest and invest in new technology to, to get, you know, better emissions. Um, what that does is it consolidates um, with bigger brands and the smaller brands end up suffering the most out of this because to create a new line or a new product, you ultimately have to be able to create scale. So either you become really, really niche, but if you want to become a middle-end player, it's going to be, end, and you're going to end up having lesser and lesser and lesser players because of, 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 of emissions. But at the same time, electric mobility is getting a lot cheaper. Um, main reason is because the battery itself is significantly cheaper than it was 10 years ago. Bloomberg came out of the study um, just like last year, um, showing that battery, the, the, the cell of a, of, a, of a battery. So within, let's say, a, a pack, okay, there's like, let's say, hundreds in, of cells, let's say, in a car, and let's say, you know, maybe 50 cells in, a, in an electric vehicle, more or less. That's kind of what... The, the price of the cells has come down so much, has, has come down maybe six times since in the last 10 years. And it will probably end up getting cut in half in the next five. So if we're already, already very close to parity, uh, or if not already more cheaper already to have an electric bike over the lifetime, in, in, in a few years, it's going to be significantly cheaper um, than, than a combustion vehicle when you, when you consider all elements. So these are the, these are the things that are going to really drive electromobility. And I think... So I'd say, I'd say that starts with that. I mean, again, it's, you know, what makes it different is, is, is this kind of the challenger industry. It will not, you know, you're, you're going to end up having a lot of people of, let's say, an older generation that might not, you know, uh, jump on. But the next generation of riders is, is certainly looking at this. So you have to look at it from a demographic perspective as well. It's at the right time. I mean, I think it's clear what Tesla has done. I think what, you know, everyone likes to reference Tesla and like, are you the Tesla of this? And there's only going to be one Tesla. There's only going to be one Elon Musk. The same way there was only one Henry Ford um, 100 years ago. I mean, Henry Ford didn't invent the car, actually. He just was the first one to figure out how to create an efficient line and make money out of a, out of a car. And Tesla, Elon Musk didn't, he actually wasn't even the founder of Tesla, actually. He was a co-founder of Tesla. Um, and he didn't invent the electric vehicle. The electric vehicle has been around for, for, for decades. He just figured out a way to create a brand around it and to, and to, and to make it cheap enough and affordable enough um, for, for it to be cool and relevant. And he did that. Within, within 10 years, he ended up creating one of the biggest and most important brands in the world. So this shift um, is all part and parcel of what will happen, I believe. And I think governments will certainly be the ones to push it forward. And demographics will also support that as well. So I, I just want to add, Julian, Jolly, child genius than Yan, because uh, for and when he was in college, you built an electric car, uh, or was it like a solar-powered car? You built a couple of these, right, Jolly? Ah, uh, hindi solar, kasi wala kami budget pang gawa ng solar. Elon Musk ng Pilipinas yan. Yeah. Ah, uh, for for three years straight kasi uh, nasali ako dun sa Shell Eco Marathon for for ano dun sa Don Bosco. Also so, you're interested in your yung ano namin yung mga una naming attempts mga ano mga diesel then it became diesel hybrid then nung pinakahuling year nung ako na yung parang sa akin na binigay yung yung ano mang gusto mong gawin nag pure electric na kami kasi Ano yun eh? Um, ito yung ano eh, uh, you said yung may push dapat sa government. Pero yung government would really react more on kung ano yung demand din ng mga tao eh. Sa tingin ko, ang isa, one of the biggest hurdles ng electric na vehicles is may notion siya na it's so 
complicated compared to uh, combustion engines. Pero, di ba, like, um, well, like uh, yung pinag-usapan natin kahapon, uh, ilan yung parts count ng isang ICE compared sa electric oh. vehicle? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a uh, complete Dali, explain what ICE mm-hmm. is. Internal combustion engine. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, that, that's that's a that's a weird enough a strange um, uh, idea actually. Uh, combustion for a motorcycle, a combustion vehicle has you know maybe a couple thousand parts. When you think about every single nut and bolt, um, and you know what we were doing with the KTM, you, you realize actually how many parts are in a vehicle when they come in and you have to put it together. <laughs> but an electric bike, it's 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 less than a couple. It's a couple hundred parts total, and the motor itself is an extremely let's say simple. Um, uh, design. Don't ask me. I'm not. I'm not an engineer, but I, I more or less understand how how it works and different. But in general, the electric vehicles are significantly uh, easier to maintain. They're uh, simpler in design and way less parts. It's one of the reasons why when you when you when you consider lifetime value, this is the this is the thing. This would be the new kind of way you justify uh, and and look at price. Um, is that to, the cost to service electric vehicles is significantly cheaper. It's actually one of the reasons why the model, the business model of electric may be different because one of the ways that the automotive industry has made tons of money in the last hundred years, the main business model for, let's say, a retailer or a dealer is actually not the sale of the vehicle, it's the after sales. That's the main, that's the main, one of the main profit drivers of dealerships. But when you have a, an electric bike, you don't have that necessary need for all that. So you, for sure, you still need, but it will not necessarily supplement uh, what will happen. So I think I think these are the things that are that are that are very important. Uh, I just want to say to our friends in Iloilo, you have not tried the right electric bike. CDR King electric bike yet, but you got to try some of the high end bikes, man. It's crazy. Well, Yo, what's up? This is Real Talk Darbs. Join me as we talk about life, love, relationships, and hear me drop wisdom bombs on every talk. Do check me out in Wisdom Bars with Real Talk Darbs Podcast. That's Wisdom Bars with Real Talk Darbs Podcast, now part of Podcast Network Asia. Check me out. Yalla bye! The thing is, you know, like, you know, I liken this... You know, the Philippines, you know, obviously in the Philippines, especially in Southeast Asia, there are no really good electric bikes. That's the fact. I mean, the only places you're going to find electric bikes are going to be maybe in, a, in Europe and maybe a handful of uh, cities in, in America. They're so new. There, there's like, you probably haven't even heard of the equivalence of Ducati in <laughs> uh, electric or the equivalent of KTM. You haven't even heard of it, actually. So Wait, it's hard to say. Uh, mm. I just want to say, uh, Gino, Buck and Jolly are not serious. Hindi lang nila naiintindihan si Julian. <laughs> naiintindihan ko naman, delay lang. Delay lang, nag-iisip pa sila. May counting lag, may counting lag. Pwede pa rin naman lagyan ng exhaust yung electric bike, pero... Talaga mo na lata yung gulong. Okay, you know, it's not a good question. Can you register electric bikes? So, recently, um, there have been some moves from the Department of Energy, and we'll go into that a little bit later, uh, in partnership with the Department of Transportation. And there's a couple of bills uh, that, are, that are going to be passed that will allow you. But right now, 
yes, you can register. I've seen registered electric bikes, but right now I'm definite that you can register electric four-wheeled vehicle. But I think you know, Julian, you've done research on that. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I mean, for me, it's okay. I, I don't want to get too technical, but since this is going to be a bit technical, I'll give a bit of a reason. Um, the Philippines, it's a matter of time before the Philippines will fully uh, figure this out, just because it, the Philippines, in terms of policy, is, is a follower country relative to, let's say, all of Southeast Asia in general are follower countries to the EU standards. The EU standards have been established for, for years now. Um, and as a result, the newest, I, saw, I just checked it out, the newest LTO report, it actually very much mirrors, even the naming is exactly the same as in Europe. So how it's implemented is a different thing. But you see, this right here is exactly the reason why, when you think about innovation uh, versus the demand or the, the, the of, of products, there's always going to be a lag between what government does and what innovation is. And it's, it's a point from, let's say, Bitcoin, for example. Right at a certain point, it gets really interesting, and the governments go, "How do we tax this? How do we how do we how do we make money from this? Because it's not something that they can, you know, like a like a like a currency." And the same thing for electric. I mean, here in Singapore, which is you know a very sophisticated country. Um, one of the reasons why it's so difficult to, uh, to to do this is because the government doesn't know how to tax electric. If you're going to lose money on fuel taxes, then how are they going to? How, where is the justification for electric? Because they're going to lose money um, from 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 fuel. And the same thing is probably what's happening in, in the Philippines because they they have a tax in the importation of oil and blah 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 blah. So they're thinking about these things. So policymakers are always looking at how do I you know, we have to, you know, make money basically uh, from this. We ha how do we how do we how do we make it work within our system? So all of these things are going to be worked out as the as the business grows. Um, I think in countries like in like the Philippines, we're still very much at the first mover. People who find interesting and cool. Um, but in time, if you get the chance to ride an electric bike in Taiwan, or you get to ride ride a bike in Europe, they're they're so fun. I tell you, it's it, it's a different experience entirely. It's they're so fun, um, and and uh, yeah, there there is I think a better way to travel, and I and I really do believe that. I mean, yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I'm biased though, yeah. So yun yun ano yun yung um ako kasi din yun yung ang para sa atin in the Philippines when you say electric bike, kasi I think the first thing that comes to people in in people's minds is the um yung mga CDR king yung mga yeah. yung mga bicycle na may bike. Hindi pa, di pa sila nakakakita or nakakasubok nung tipong high-end na yeah. mga tipong electric bike that can compete with um with uh, KTM with Ducati, di ba? Magkakaroon yeah, soon. Okay, I'm just gonna show, share something. <laughs> I'm gonna share something. Um, hold on, give me one second. So this is a toy that uh, Buck and Jolly and I got to play around with. This is the fastest electric scooter in the Philippines right now. <laughs> oh, that's a good look. That's a nice, that's a nice, that's a nice looking display. Oh, sorry. Oh, the power curve is insane. That sounds pretty badass. Yeah. I, I, I tell you... Point. Okay. Point out. I, I tell you. Ano, point out. You know, people. King, sorry. Uh, point out. Ko lang yung sinabi ni King, ah, na getting from point A to point B. Electric vehicles are great, but for spirited rides, 
the sensation, looks, sound, vibration, exhaust, sound intake, banging, and everything. Yan yung ano eh. Hindi naman mawawala din syempre yung mga internal combustion engines. Tipong yun talaga yung kinalakihan natin. And pwede naman tipong Sunday bike talaga yun eh. Pero kung ang pag-uusapan, mobility, electric bikes ang ano, ang pinaka uh, anong tawag doon? Yung may silbe? But you know, you know I, I just want to add before uh, Julian, when I use this bike, this scooter, and usually when I'm on my, my combustion scooter, right? My Vespa or my Cub or my ADV, and I'm on the stop on the at the stoplight. I let everybody pass every single time <laughs> on this electric bike. I am first out of the gate. I, I leave <laughs> everyone behind, and it's freaking crazy because sobrang chill rider ako, and I just look at the because I'm not. It's not the top speed. It's just the freaking torque is ridiculous. There's no power curve on electric. Mm-hmm. It's just from you go from it's like you zero from up curve niya parang ano talagang straight line. So the pero ano Pero parang if you give an analogy dito sa sinabi nga ni Nicking, may point siya yung masaya yung pag-ride ng ice ng lumang bike. Pero parang alam mo yung like sa mga camera ngayon, high-tech na yung mga camera ngayon, 'di ba? Yung mga autofocus, mga digital na lahat. Pero some people are still using the manual film lenses eh. Out of... Gusto nila eh. Mahirap I, I gamitin. Masaya. I love Volkswagens. Right? I love so, old Vespas. I'll always ano love eh, bikes. Pero hindi natin... Like, kahit obsolete na technology, that doesn't mean na we're not gonna use it anymore. Pero yung nga, for more practical reasons, we use the better Your practical ones. yun yung word na hinahanap ko kanina but I, i would argue i would argue again i you i think you brought up the, the the point um you know at the end of the day whenever there's innovation you're always going to have this conflict of people that like a certain thing which is basically what is the emotion that this is what we as brands do we look at the emotions and old brands like ktm and blah blah i, I love k i love this they're they're harping Wait, on old nostalgia brand now, old brand it's true they're 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 harping on nostalgia it's nostalgia. I mean, you think about it, like I love their driving manual cars. Yeah. Right? Their history of winning the Dakar, their history of winning on the track, on, off-road, that's the pedigree of KTM. Yeah. Oh, tsaka yung nostalgia, it's... malakas talaga yun. May mga kainan nga dyan na nostalgia lang ang habol, maski di naman masarap. But when there's, when, <laughs> but when there's change, when there's change, there's always going to be that. There's always going to be a, a misconception and a kind of a, uh, a negative feeling toward what's what's going to happen. I mean, the same thing with Bitcoin. People don't like Bitcoin, but you know they are like, oh, the dollar is the thing. Oh, Bitcoin. So, you know, I love driving standard cars, and after a certain amount of time, it's like I couldn't care less about driving a standard car. I just want to be able to just go base. You know, um, so there are a lot of different things. And innovation ultimately, when you ride it and people get used to it, there's always going to be a better way of doing it. And that's just the, that's just the history of mankind in general. And when you think about electric. I, mean, I can go on and on and on about the benefits of electric. Um, the, the the form factor can be different. The the weight is going to be lighter. Um, you have significantly more torque and power um, with an electric bike um, than versus a combustion. I mean, you, you take a, a Tesla, a, this this the family car Tesla, the Model Three, and you can you can Google it on Top Gear right now. You put that in, on, on a drag race with like Porsches and stuff. The Model Three will actually win, and that's a family car. 
right? When you put it in the ludicrous modes, because the, the technology of the motor, basically, essentially there's no friction when the, when the thing is moving, basically, because it's, mag it's, it's magnetized. That, that's what a motor is, essentially. It's a magnetized way of, of creating inertia to, to move forward. Um, whereas combustion relies on that friction. And that's the, that's the reason why we love that feeling of sound and smell. And it's the same thing. I mean, like two strokes, I love two strokes. I love two strokes. I grew up on that smell, right? But these mm -hmm. days, you don't find that anymore. So that nostalgia that now two strokes, we need two strokes. Actually, you know what? Four strokes are perfectly fine. Or fuel injected, uh, the, the, the TPI with the KTM ads, that's also okay too. So innovation always, well, you always have that negative sentiment. And, and until there's a better way, innovation is something that you simply cannot stop. Actually, interesting din yun eh. Kasi um, right now, yung trend sa motorcycle, sa marketing in motorcycles, is that yung retro old school, it's all the rage eh. So they're selling that heritage, that connect. Yep, yep. Magkakaroon well, pa rin talaga ng problema between um, that heritage getting babangga at babangga siya sa innovation eh. Parang those yeah. are two really... Yeah, I would say that that's an interesting thing. I remember years ago, I was again sitting at ICMA and we were watching the launch of the, the Ducati Scrambler when I was at KTM. And I was sitting at the in the KTM booth and I said, oh, this is a fad. I didn't get this. This was in 2015 or whatever. And, and I loved it. I thought it looked really cool. I'm like, this is a fad. This is just a way I thought at the time, this is a way for, for Ducati to be relevant um, in a cheaper segment because they were having a hard time getting volume. This is the problem now with these brands is volume at the end of the day yeah, you need to make profit. Ducati is not a profitable brand. Hasn't been for a long time, even under Volkswagen, basically. You need to hit you. The, 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 that's what I was telling you before. Like what emission standards are doing and make it more and more difficult for brands to make money. And there are only a few handful of brands are actually making money in this industry. What KTM did was build scale with the Dukes. That was one of the reasons why KTM was able to become, to kind of rise above those brands. Um, Ducati was always focused on segments with aging populations, aging demographics. So that scrambler made a lot of sense at the time because it was going to attract a new wave of potential customers. And we were all thinking to ourselves, ah, this is just, you know, the, the Ducati scrambler engine is a very old engine from the 90s, basically. And they slapped it into a bike, made a new brand, made a fantastic branding. I said, this is going to be a fad. But actually, it wasn't. It was a huge deal. Um, and it's, and they set, I, I believe they were the ones to set the, along with triumph to create this new standard of, of, uh, customization and nostalgia. Um, and I think that's very important, but you got to think again, why at the end of the day, motorcycles are very nostalgic, you know, because there was a golden age of, of that years ago and people want to come, come back to that basically. So what's driving motorcycles in many ways is kind of like this older feeling, uh, of what made it cool. Um, and that's more the reason why it's so hard for people to kind of like realize actually there's a better way to do it. There's a more efficient way to do it. Um, maybe not, I wouldn't even say electric is even that much, it's not even better yet. I, I, I'll even admit that because I'm a motorcycle guy. I love motorcycles. Don't get me wrong. I love combustion vehicles. I love riding them. I've ridden them since I was a kid. Um, but in time, the way you're seeing with electric cars, you will see the same thing with motorcycles. We're just in the first inning of electric mobility. So what you say now, who, who's gonna innovate more? Are you gonna innovate a four-stroke combustion engine versus an electric? Who, who, which one is gonna get better in terms of performance hmm. now and the next five years? I'm not a betting person, but I can guarantee you that the electric bike will be more efficient, will be more, will be a lot more innovation will be put into that than the, than the combustion one. That's for sure. So we, we, mm -hmm. we've got a couple of interesting comments in, in the comment section. So one, 
si King is saying KTM Super Adventure E. Julian's on the right, 2013. And this these are KTM. Can we zoom in on the bike? bike? Yes, the free ride, the free ride E. In so, 2013. So this is the this is the problem, right, with um, the, the industry. And this goes the same thing you're seeing in combustion cars as you're seeing this in motorcycles. So KTM had this technology already years ago. And I remember we were sitting in the in the in our in our global meetings and we were talking about how we we're gonna launch this. And the you know, the incentive structure just simply wasn't there for people to within the organization to sell it because of the price point, because of the range, and just it was just too new. But this is 2013. The technology of this bike hasn't necessarily changed in the last in the last almost 10 years, basically. Right. And this is the issue you're seeing in big brands is one of the reasons why when you think about why Tesla is the best example, and I, I, I don't like using Tesla for everything, but they're the best example of a car company that zoomed the past ahead. You know, even though Volkswagen has billions of dollars, Toyota has billions of dollars, Tesla was able to create something so unique uh, within a short amount of time. They cut the hundred year process into less than 10 to create one of the most important brands in the world. And you, it's the same thing for motorcycles. Emission standards are constantly putting pressure on these brands to make money, to innovate, to get scale, and not put those R&D dollars into a new product. So what ends up happening is this concept of build versus, versus buy. You need innovation. You need entrepreneurs to create something really crazy and unique. And you're going to have a lot of failures. But for every 100 failures, you have one Elon Musk, right? And that guy ends up changing everything. So for Volkswagen to build what, to do what, Vol for Volkswagen to build what T Tesla was able to do, I, I would bet, and you can read this, there's lots of articles about this. It would probably cost three or four times, maybe more. I would argue that it would cost three or four times more than what Tesla was able to do. Because in a big organization, you don't have the innovation. You have too much safety. The incentive structure is not there to have a gigantic outcome. It is to maintain, it, you, you don't have entrepreneurs in Volkswagen. It's one of the reasons why they're so far behind. Right. And why Tesla is so far ahead, so far ahead, basically. OK. And the same thing in electric motorcycles. Also, again, 2013, KTM had this technology. They had all the money. They had they had brilliant engineers, uh, a German, Austrian, uh, European engineers. But they simply weren't able to because the incentive structure is not there for them to really create it. That's number one. Number two, brands like KTM, uh, Ducati, Honda, that are, they have very, very old supply chain networks. They've been buying stuff from these supply chains for like for the Japanese for hundreds of like a hundred years. They've been buying the same stuff. They have the best possible price. Okay, more likely than not, that Japanese supplier is not necessarily building magnets for electric motors. So a brand new, um, let's say, supply chain has to be created. So the upstream, it's very difficult to displace um, the supply chain. When you go downstream. Even more interesting, mm -hmm. in Europe and America, you actually can't, it's hard to cut a dealer because of the, of, of the laws. And think about a, your motorcycle dealer in the Philippines. Like, are they going to want to sell an electric bike? Do they know how to, right? So you multiply that problem all around the world. Your supply chain is constrained and your demand, the customers, your dealers are also constrained because they don't know how to, they don't know how to make money on this bike. Why do I want to make on this electric bike? I'm already doing very well with KTM or Ducati or Honda, I can finance this, whatever. Why do I need to do anything different? So this is where a new brand or new brands can come in. And that's what's happening right now. 
Okay, so that, there are mm-hmm. there are a couple more questions I think in that that we want to handle. I just want to say, Sophie uh, Tarok just got a new set of electric wheels, and her mom <laughs> posted oh. a story, and I saw her zooming around their garden and. And speaking of electric bikes, you're not limited by that form factor, like you were yeah. saying earlier, right? Because it's so easy to create those one-wheeled vehicles, to create those e-scooters that people are standing on. The The technology is so simple. And, and for somebody like Sophie, it's liberating and it's so cool. She has mm-hmm. this awesome like chair with these two powered wheels. And I was blown away. I thought it was awesome. Alam mo, siguro pagdating sa application ng electricity and mobility, hindi lang tayo constrained sa mga wheeled vehicles. Madami rin mga electric powered, yung mga para mga exoskeleton. So to the point of Iba, that's a really, really important topic. And this is the reason why the naysayers uh, that, that say it because they don't, you know, when you think about what's what's dominated mobility for the last hundred years, basically, let's say powered mobility, it's two things. It's just a car, Four wheels or a motorcycle. That's it. There's nothing else. And because of a combustion engine and the mechanics of a combustion engine, you have to have an engine in a certain place in a car. Okay. And then rules make it so that the engine has to be there. For example, the same thing for a motorcycle has to be in a certain part. Okay. With electric What's up mga katunay? Alam mo, naglo-long ride ka or kahit scooter ride sa traffic. Minsan ako, sumasakit talaga yung likod ko. Nagkakaroon ako ng mga bukol, mga lamig. Uh, may sikreto ako. Ikaw, Jolly, anong solusyon mo doon? Wala, iba. Kasama na talaga sa pagiging tunay na rider yan, di ba? Iindahin mo na lang ang sakit ng katawan pa nagre-ride ka. Bakit? Ano ba ang sikreto mo, iba? Ah, alam ni Bak kung anong sikreto ko. Ah, wala ba kayong mga Ogawa? Ha? Ogawa? Ano yun? Ano ba naman kayo? 2021 na. Think about it, Jolly. It relaxes your muscles and improves flexibility. Check out their promos at Ogawa Philippines Facebook page and shop online at ogawa.net.ph Bibili nga ako ng Ogawa na yun. You have a battery that could be maybe this big for a car, for a motorcycle, and your motor can also be this big too. So what ends up happening is you have, and they, do, they can be whatever they want basically. So you end up having a lot more flexibility in design and form factor. Think about like these electric kick scooters, right? Can you imagine putting a combustion electric kick scooter? That doesn't make well, any sense. You blow up. Metal. Yeah, but metal. true, but, but it's probably the range is actually quite limited. And it is noisy as hell. So there are there are limitations <laughs> to these. Small... Know, they're they're loud and annoying. <laughs> well, and that's another thing too. Noise emission noise emissions is becoming a big deal in cities. Also, it's another reason why, especially in China, noise emissions is one of the main reasons why motorcycles are allowed. Combustion motorcycles are not even allowed in cities. But to the point about electromobility, you're talking about two things. You're talking about the motor, and you're talking about the battery. And battery technology is getting more efficient, smaller. Okay, you cannot say the same thing about oil. Oil, it stays the same no matter how you do it, basically. Okay, engines aren't getting that much smaller. They're getting more efficient, but they're not getting smaller. What's happening in electric is both are getting smaller and more efficient. 
you, it's hard. What I'm trying to say is it's hard to, to do that with a combustion engine. So again, my bet for the next five years, electric motor and battery will be significantly more advanced than a combustion motor in terms of the rate of growth and innovation. So when you think about electric mobility, you end up thinking about kick scooters, bicycles, two-wheelers, three-wheelers, mini cars, mini quads, all different types of form factors which could not exist with a motorcycle or a combustion vehicle. Yeah, so the like, future like, of electric chair. You can't have a gas-powered chair, right? <laughs> that, that, yeah. Now it's you can't awesome. you can't you can't use that indoors if it's uh, in combustion yeah, yeah. engine powered. <laughs> yeah. There's a great question from Gino Rufino. Um, hmm. What's the carbon footprint of charging electric bikes as compared to the emissions? Uh, of normal motorcycles, assuming you're not so using solar power. And I think Dipsy King has a follow-up question. I don't know if you know the answer to this, uh, Julian. Uh, the question, is it true that mining the minerals on batteries is more damaging? Uh, you heard it yeah. from Jeremy <laughs> uh, So that's obviously a skewed it's, question because mm -hmm. he got freaking no. sued by Tesla. But from Jeremy <laughs> Clarkson. But, but my, my take is the impact of fossil fuels it is incredible on climate and climate change, right? True, true. But uh, Julia, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, the answer is it's it is a loaded question, and it's it's definitely something that the industry is facing. But I would I would say this: what is going to get more clean? Uh, battery technology. In the next five, 10 years, and the way you mine it, the way you get energy, or oil, getting oil. Oil is not going to get any better than it is now. It is stuck at this level. It's already at peak, the whatever you're going to do. What the difference, exactly, the difference with electric is that while there is, the minerals are damage, damaging and so on, there, the technology for battery cells is also evolving also. We're not done yet. We're not at the end state of the best and most ideal battery. Okay, right now, the revolution in the last five, six, five to 10, 15 years actually, actually was, believe it or not, driven by cell phones. Cell phones use lithium-ion batteries. The thing in your car is a lead-acid battery. So that then gave way to manufacturers in China and so on, start thinking about how we can use this and other things, and that became uh, for cars. So lithium-ion batteries, a different cell composition. But the future of batteries is also turning to something completely different, where they become smaller, more efficient, easier, and better to mine. The question about charging is a very important one also. It depends on the country. It's actually an impossible question to answer because in Europe, it is significantly cheaper to charge in Europe because they have renewable energy sources like in Germany. But in the Philippines, because the energy source is coal, is, is, is uh, geothermal and other things like that, it's going to be, it's gonna be obviously more, <laughs> it's gonna be more damaging. So it really depends on where you are but the one thing that's clear is that the global, the world is moving more towards renewable energy as a source. So the question is, within 10 years, what will be better? And my, my bet is it's going to be renewable energy with the dominant way that most countries de derive their energy. I mean, in the Philippines is a good example. Um, Ayala is investing heavily um, into, um, into uh, uh, green technologies. Um, and I think that's a great thing for sure. Um, and then in Europe, it's already there. Europe already has a lot of renewable energy sources. The same thing for, and Germany is planning to go in the next 10 years to go fully 100% renewable energy, which means then that riding an electric bike in Germany will be significantly more, um, let's say, environmentally friendly uh, relative to than a combustion. That's for sure. 
It's also the reason why in the next 10 years, they're actually phasing out um, combustion vehicles in Germany. 10, 15 years, the, the German country is going to get rid of uh, making combustion vehicles. The other thing oh, is uh, the Viking. BMW, right? Mercedes. Yeah, yeah, both. Yeah. Everyone has to. I mean, India, like, okay, okay, I, can, I can tell you, but this was a government push. India made a mandate. Uh, India now is, remember, the biggest motorcycle market in the world, the biggest, 18 million bikes a year, okay? In the next 10 years, you can, you can, you can Google it, uh, Prime Minister Modi basically said um, that they're going to get rid of electric uh, uh, combustion. You cannot buy a new combustion vehicle. So what does that mean? Think about why motorcycles are cheap in certain parts of the world. It's because of supply chains. Without India, without China, you don't get KTM Duke, you don't get a BMW 310, you don't get... Um, is a Kawasaki 250, you're not getting a Honda Cub. Do you think those parts are coming from Japan? No, they're coming from countries like India and China. So if India goes electric, what does that do for the world? It makes the entire supply chain of making electric cheaper. You see what I'm uh -huh. saying? So you cannot look at this now. You have to look at this where it's going to go. In China already is almost at parity of electric motorcycle sales relative to combustion motorcycle sales, almost parity. Okay, when I started at KTM 10 years ago, the China was by far the biggest combustion motorcycle market in the world, the biggest. Okay, every year, it just goes down, 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 combustion vehicles, because they outlawed in cities, electric keeps going up, 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 up. And, and, and you can see now the, 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 the correlation between sales of growth in China for electric and the cost of batteries and everything going down. There's a correlation between the biggest markets, the biggest supply chains, and cost and demand is a very, very clear co co uh, co uh, um, uh, correlation. Mm. Okay. Um, there's a, a lot of... So, you know what? Uh, I thought people would be debating in, in, the, in the comment section, but really, they all love gas. Obviously, we yeah. all love gas-powered oh. bikes, right? <laughs> um, but everybody's leaning towards... Right now... Electric is practical, um, and 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 I agree. But like King said, um, where was that? But review po ng electric bike sa Garage King PH when they're here. I'd like to experience. Once you experience a quality electric bike, it gives me almost the same feeling as riding my raw six ninety, no technology. Uh, KTM Duke, right? It is crazy. So definitely, King will have a meetup when things are better. Eto si Gino may sinasabi to eh. Ayan, parang weird when back. Eh, English na naman eh. It's so serious. Eh, di ka pa magiging serious dito. Hirap na hirap na ako umintindi ng mga pinagsasabi ng mga. <laughs> Kaya. <laughs> Sumakit talaga katawan ko sa pakikinig sa mga to eh. Alam mo, isa lang ang ano, isa lang ang kailangan ko sa buhay para para mawala yung sakit ng katawan ko. Electric Yon. massage chair from Ogawa. <laughs> Galing man po eh, Winner. All right. So as usual, this is how we end the show. Um, Julian, what's your definition of 2-9-a-rider? 
uh, authenticity. Authentic uh, motorcycle guys. In English guys. mo lang yung tunay na rider eh. <laughs> It's authenticity. It's authenticity. It's um, you guys are cool, man. I, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of obviously Eva. I'm a big fan of Eva for, for years. I'm a big fan of what you guys do. And I think it's great to be honest with you, because I think, um, you know, the motorcycle community, you know, it, it needs more voices. And I think, especially in the Philippines, and believe it or not, I don't know if you guys have one more fun fact. The Philippines, as of 2019, not 2020, because 2020 was a really tough, difficult year for motorcycle sales, was the fifth biggest market in the world Whoa. in terms of motorcycling. 2019. And when I started at KTM in 2011, I remember telling them the Philippines is going to be a huge market. No one believed me uh, because it was not even in the top 20. Like it was a, it was a no, like no nothing country that no one really understood or really wanted to understand. And then it just skyrocketed to become the fifth biggest market, bigger than Thailand. It goes uh, India, China, Indonesia, then the Philippines in terms of overall motorcycle sales. So Thailand? Bigger than, in 2019 it was. 2020, because of the COVID situation, they, they handled a little bit better, so sales were better. But in general, I think the Philippines will remain as, as the fifth biggest market in the world for a very long time. And I'm very happy about that because, you know, I'm still a part of that. And I was very much a part of that with KTM and very much... I'm I'm still happy to see that happen um, because I, I love motorcycles and I know you guys do too. And to have guys like you um, kind of be the the spokespeople of that growth and 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 in an authentic way to, is awesome. So I, I'm I'm super happy and proud to to be on the show and call you guys friends. So it's great. And when you do launch Scorpio uh, globally, we need yeah. you on the show to talk about it. Cool. Um, and- you know, to, to wrap up, every single one of the two-wheeled things that I've bought in the last COVID lockdown, except for one, parang dami kong binili, all electric, right? I bought two electric bicycles. Uh, we got that that ridiculous scooter. We got one of those standing scoots, which scared the hell out of me. Uh, yeah, that is freaking the most dangerous, scariest thing I've ever ridden. Um, everything's been electric, yeah. and yeah. I'm just having a blast. And 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 the, one of the things you you shared before, Julian, is it's not about the bike. And you went into this a little earlier, right? It's these electric mobility solutions are an, an entire ecosystem. You have solar, you have charging stations, you have um, battery power. And then you have the bike. The bike is really the end point, right? If you think of it like a uh, as an ecosystem, this kind of technology makes sense for the Philippines, where you have seven thousand plus islands. We're in in Holo, where I'm from. You're using a diesel plant for power, right? A power barge, which is ridiculously expensive and may may may, may brown out all the time electric solar renewable mobility is the solution for 7000 islands it is and it, i would be happy to talk about this more i mean this is this is where my thesis goes a bit deeper i mean when you think about you know electric two wheel and four wheel mobility is just the kind of mo- the most viable product that's really what it is because what really what you're talking about is disrupting energy is really what's actually happening here 
right? The battery itself, the more technology is put into the battery, it's not just going to be for cars. Cars are just a very big industry. We can put, we can, we can find a way to make it work. But imagine now if you had a swappable battery, you could actually charge your house with some of the batteries that, that, that you can get now. Some of these new batteries, now lithium ion batteries have so much power in them that you, you could actually charge a little house or a little hut or, or whatever. You know what so, I do? Uh, if there is a, if there's a, uh, I'll, I'll try to say, if there's a hurricane, <laughs> in the, I, what I do is I get the battery of my bicycle. I bring them up because I know I can, that can charge my phone a ridiculous number of times. It can power lights, uh, the electric fan. It is my power source. It's my backup power source right now. And that's, it wasn't yeah. made for that, but it's got so much power stored into it um yeah that's what i do that's 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 my habit like this thing here right this is a 10 10 000 watts or something like that basically um and the, the smallest battery which weighs maybe like eight kilograms a swappable battery for example that's like a that's like one kilowatt basically so it's literally like a thousand ten hundred times more powerful than that so and again battery technology is just in its early innings it's still expensive even though it's a lot cheaper, we're just in the beginning. The technology has been being put into battery technology. And ultimately the bet for battery technology is to store a ton of energy in the smallest amount of space. And this is the reason why you can't stop innovation. Oil, you can't compress. You cannot make more of it, basically. Batteries are just going to get smaller and more efficient. So there's a lot more runway for battery and engine technology to get better. So the point about renewables, imagine this world where you know, for example, you have, you know, the Philippines is blessed with, you know, uh, tons of natural resources, just, just not enough incentive, not enough of incentive structure um, to, to, to create a renewable energy source, but you're getting the private sector to do it. And you're seeing this now with, with Ayala um, and AC Energy. I, I'm like, I feel like I'm like an ambassador for them, but I, I worked with them very well. And I, and I love, the, I love the team there. Um, They're all good people, man. Uh, yeah. They issue. They're awesome. They're forward-looking. They, they they care about the country and they care about motorcycles. <laughs> you, you, have, you have to understand. You have, you have to understand also, right? I mean, I don't want to get too economical based, but the Philippines is not a producer of oil. You have to remember this: the Philippines relies on importation of oil, which means oh, wow. you import it, you have to refine it, which is expensive, and then you have to sell it, which also is expensive. The whole process is very, very inefficient and expensive, and it's one of the reasons why you have a fluctuating currency, why you have massive inflation is because the price of oil all around the world dictates inflation basically, right? So this is very getting economical. I don't want to get too much of an economic story. And it's more the reason for countries like the Philippines to adopt Bitcoin, to adopt electric, because these are just better ways that benefit the country, which is much more naturally blessed with all the other resources, water, solar, blah, 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 blah. It just makes so much more sense if they just looked at the country and said, well, why don't we just take what we have here and produce energy on our own instead of having to buy it from, from, from China, from Indonesia, from, from Saudi Arabia, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't make any sense, actually, when you think about it. But the incentive structures are not there yet. And all of this is just going to happen, basically. So in time, in time, time is the ultimate uh, this decider of all of these things. In the same way that, you know, but you can go back in, in the early 2000s, Steve Ballmer, the CEO of Microsoft, you can Google this. When he was asked, what do you think about the Apple iPhone? And he laughed. And this is it's one of the most memeable things you'll see 
about he was laughing about the touchscreen um, foam makes no sense using a, a unique battery technology using a touchscreen. Who the hell then is a touchscreen? You know, we just need uh, BlackBerry as the king. And he laughed in 2003. Look what happened now. Yeah, he's still he's still super rich, but look what happened. Microsoft completely <laughs> retired from tech. Yeah. But he, they, Microsoft could have been the biggest, even bigger. They they completely lost the game uh, in terms of. Uh, uh, um, oh, I see the comment there. He owns the Clippers, exactly. Yes, he owns the Clippers. Bad gig. On that note, I just want to ask one more thing before we wrap up. Julian, are you dual citizen? No, I'm not dual citizen. Damn it! I'm, I'm, so because I, I, I would have said I want to be Julian for president because <laughs> <Can> someone <laughs> give me more. I want to. I want. I want. I would love to be. I would love. To, I would love to be more of a part of for sure. Someone help me get a citizenship in the Philippines. I can. I. I'll be we'll awesome. Figure it out. And yeah, we'll on that out. note, that ends this. Our 68th episode. Thank you so much, Julian, for oh, joining pleasure. our show. I know this isn't your normal thing, and and you're super busy. Uh, but we really appreciate and and I hope I mean I know that this was one of our most informative uh educational shows. And um yeah, Buck Jolly, what, what did you guys learn something? Number one. Doesn't matter if electric or internal combustion engines. The important is all the riders in the world are uh yare hawak kamay para sa pagbabago <laughs> thank you i love buck uh, we love buck i know Johnny. Uh, happy, birthday. happy birthday also that's thank a hard act you. to follow so that's tough that's tough that, that's eh, our show para mapalish yung english ko <laughs> okay <I don't> goodbye <laughs> <laughs> next episode episode 69 we've got Bayon? Catrice Kirolf uh, so that's going to be another uh, deep dive another educational yeah. episode on how to do TikTok how to ride and how to be awesome thank you Ogawa She'll thank tell you, us about you. her Iron Man trip, ride, and yeah. Ride Manila! Ride, ride, ride. Ride Manila! KTM! Love KTM. Let's go. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. <laughs>